Before we get into this episode, we wanted to give you a quick reminder that All Souls Con 2017 is happening and that passes are on sale at the early bird prices of $79. What this is is a convention for fans organized by fans. So save the date, September 23rd, 2017 in New Orleans. We'll be there and we can't wait to meet you all. Can't make it to New Orleans? You have no excuse. Thanks to Penguin Books, live streaming will be free. But whether you will be attending virtually or actually, you have to register. Go to allsoulscon.org and register today. You'll find all of the links you need, including ticket registration, social media links, and the Facebook group for attendees. Again, that is allsoulscon.org. We'll see you there. Demons Discuss, take 14. The one with the X's and the Y's. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I'm Valerie, and with me is Angela and Jean. Hello, Angela and Jean. Hello. Hello, everyone. And today, we are discussing the topic of gender roles, thus the X's and the Y's, referring to the XY chromosome and the double X chromosome for female. Throughout this series, there were definitely gender roles, but we're going to try to parse them and break them down. You guys have any thoughts before we go into our short outline? Other than it's not exactly what anybody's going to expect. No. Yeah, no. So we made a outline. It is gender roles in general and has how they apply to this series. Witch gender roles, vampire gender roles, and demon gender roles, if there are any. And that's how we're going to try to go. So let's do this. How about gender roles in general and how they apply to this series? I think the biggest thing about gender roles in this series is it's all kind of surprising to me. Right. I mean, they're always bucking conventions and, and what one would think is unconventional becomes very conventional. Right. Um, I think the main thing I noticed, not specifically anybody, but um, I think Sarah and Emily's mm-hmm. relationship, um, Sarah seemed to take more of a male, quote unquote, male role versus Emily, who was a softer one, took mm-hmm. the traditional female role. But I don't like to gender stereotype in um, gay couples because, you know, it could be anything. Any Anybody can have any role, just like in straight couples, anybody can have any role. I know my husband cooks a lot of times and that's supposedly mm-hmm. traditionally female. So, um, but we, we have kind of a non-standard relationship. It's hard. I don't like the term gender roles because it kind of boxes people in. But I mean, it's an interesting mm-hmm. to examine how it's been over history. Right. If you look at early history and just, I won't say what my thoughts are and no one has to say what their thoughts are, but if a listener just thinks of a stereotypical male and female and what their roles are, I mean, that's the picture you have in your head. Right. Um, it changes changes, especially it seems like for creatures, because you have, you know, covenants and you have vampire law and you have witch lore and you have lineage and you have legacy, all those L words that seem right. to that seem to shape um, who you are, regardless of what gender you are. Exactly. And especially the, the weight of the, the weight of the past of 
affects the future every step of the way. And it seems like for vampires, it's a little bit precarious because you're not born into that family. So if someone like a, the Declaremonts, you have Philippe pulling the strings and making the laws and laying down the law and telling people where they're going to go and what chess piece they're going to move next. So it doesn't right. really matter to him. If he finds that, you know, Freya is a power, you know, a force to be reckoned with because she's a scary warrior, he'll have her do that. I don't think he really cares. And I think back in his time, too, it was, um, I mean, of course, stereotypes still existed, but women were powerful then, too, and they were they were viewed as warriors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he seemed to hang out with them all. Right. He was always, he, he was attracted to strong and, and smart women, maybe not sexually, but well, Jean, he liked to keep their company. And that was long before he started. You had, Jean, you had asked Deb uh, in, one of her, in one of her Reddit, or I think it was the Reddit QA, who would Philippe have hung out with, women-wise? And she, one of them was, yeah. was Eleanor of Aquitaine. Exactly. And oh, there was another one, too. And then somebody somebody followed up later on down the line with some thing about implying they may have wanted to have an affair or something. And Deb kind of shot that back with, no, hmm. you know. And um, Gregory of Tours' mother right. was another one that they brought right. up in the books. So. Um, I mean, I think Philippe was not above using gender roles because of how people equip because um when i'm thinking about it i'm thinking of the book of life where um they bring up the fact that matthew is the family's assassin Mm -hmm. but matthew shoots back at Varen and says yeah well let's talk about your role what you did and i guess she was kind of the female lore right you know right Right. so i mean he would use what's available to him He's so gonna, he's, yeah. he wasn't scared of using Matthew's blood rage as a weapon or he wasn't scared of using, you know, Varen's sexual prowess as you would to lure right. people in. So I don't think any of that mattered to him. I thought I think um, it was just what he can use to effectiveness. Right. If that makes sense. But then within that, I mean, Philippe seemed to be, I don't, I don't, I don't know if he was an exception or, or, or a rule, but it seems, right. seems like within vampires, um, we've come across quotes that seem to imply that there is a proper way to act for men and women if you're a vampire. Right. Don't forget he was also operating in expectations of the time. So part of that. That's true. Part of the roles and, and jobs that he assigned to the women in his family may have dic- been dictated by outside forces. But on the other hand, too, he, he's al- always been depicted as being generous and admiring of whatever skills they did bring to the table. Right. So, I mean... I don't know. The only person I had to compare him with as far as a big vampire leader was Gerbert, and I didn't see him, how he ruled his kingdom. He just seemed right. very self-indulgent, and we only saw that one portion, oh, yeah. but I didn't I didn't. And Domenico too. I mean, we didn't. We barely saw him either. Yeah. So I. It was kind of hard for me to compare and contrast right. to see how other families manage their family. Be interesting. I'd be. I'd be curious just to compare. Oh, I know. Well, we were talking about that. And didn't we ask Dub something about that in Seattle, Val? Because I asked her about how other vampire yeah. families and how they're set up. Yeah. And she brought up Jabir and Domenico. Yes. I hope we do see more more from other perspectives, but with as long as Marcus is taking talking her ear off, who knows <laughs> when that will be. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, all we have to go by is the Declaremont family, and it doesn't even seem like mm-hmm. male bond. They seem like an outlier. Right. It doesn't- they, they don't even seem like a typical vampire family no. now that you think about no. it. No, and... 
as far as gender roles there, it just seems, it doesn't seem like male bonds with male automatically. I mean, look at Matthew and Baldwin and look at Varen and Baldwin. I mean, it more, maybe from the, maybe it matters from the time you're made, your personality, um, than, than gender. Or the culture you came from. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. your belief system maybe part yeah. of that. So yeah, I mean, you get a whole bunch of ragtag groups of people and turn, turn them into vampires and you throw them in a room. How's that going to work out for you? So <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, especially if you're taking presumably or, or turning the most uh, fiercest of ones. I mean, Matthew might be an exception, you know, Isabeau had a s- soft spot for him, but it seems like Philippe certainly turned worthy and fierce. Yeah. 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 As opposed to, it, it seems like Isabeau's judgment was kind of skewed to begin with because not only is it, she collected broken ones. Right. Because I mean, look at Louisa and Louis. Yeah. And- that would make sense though, but because consider how, how, what her background was. She was broken. That's so true. I could see that. I could see her, you know, having sympathy for the broken ones. Right. Yeah. She was saved herself. So she became yeah. a savior. I'm curious to know what other children she has. Yeah. Random thought. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we only know about the three for now. For now. Yeah. So in contrast for witches, it seems like lineage plays a, a huge part in gender roles because Diana looked, I mean, all she mentioned, I mean, besides her father, she mentions just a long line of bishop women. Yeah. So it seems yeah. that grit that grit and that grimoire and their powers, it just seemed to, um, shape. It's so me. It's like so incredibly matriarchal. It's crazy. Right. Right. Did you get that sense in uh 1590 from the Normans? Because it seemed like, um, Sophie's ancestor, what was her name? Um, Susanna. 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 I mean, she was pretty much running the business, running the household, running, but she did play, um, she did play the wife whenever, you know, her husband would state an opinion as far as like his opinion on vampires. So that shaped her belief system and everything like that. Yeah, but he was also human too. So I wonder if that had something to do with it. Was he human? I I think so. Yeah, I don't recall. I mean, or he may have been from a witch family, but didn't really have any powers. Yeah, I didn't recall him being definitively, definitively one or another, so it's hard to say. I assumed he was of witch descent, do you know? Mm-hmm. Right, because... I just didn't get the impression that he was actually a witch. Yeah, well, we didn't meet him, so it's hard to say. Yeah, right. Oh, we do know Jeffrey was well on his way to becoming somewhat like a weaver. He was very powerful because, mm-hmm. you know, he saw Diane. Anna's third eye. He saw all kinds of things, and and Goody also was kind of taking him through kind of a mini tutelage session while she was training Diana. That's one thing I noticed. But Susanna Norman seemed to be running that household, making the money for that household. So would I call that? I, I guess that was kind of matriarchal for the time. Yeah, right? uh, yeah. I mean, she she deferred to her husband when she had to, but yeah, she pretty much was hustling. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, Susanna and Norman almost struck me as that that relation that relationship where there's something going on in the household, the wife's holding it all together, but the husband may either be a drunk, right? Or exactly, abusive, yeah. or right. I just got a bad vibe from that whole set. Yeah, if it was a sit, not a sitcom, but if it was a TV show, he'd be the husband you never see, but is yelling from his recliner in the other room. Right. Yes. And then she's and yes. she's just yelling, "Yes, dear," while she's you know making shit happen over right. here. Right. Yeah. Or he's drunk down at the bar. Right. 
Right. Susanna didn't come across to me as incredibly happy. I mean, she had Annie and just it seemed like a lot of burden. She was just trying to get through this lifetime. Yeah. She seemed very harried and busy. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like, yeah, I definitely feel it was female centered being a witch was very it, female centered. It, it is in from a fictional perspective in here. I mean, we, we far and wide meet the most women witches, female witches. But if you think about it, witches in history were scapegoats and women were the scapegoats. It wasn't that many men. So kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah, they were easy scapegoats. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, because, you know, the men could pretend to be, you know, the the word wizard comes from being wise. So the men could be learned and, you know, working from the philosophical angle while right. the witches were in the mm-hmm. kitchen, you know, doing their kitchen witchery, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was practical. Or, you know, let's say a woman finds herself in an unfortunate situation and the husband's passed away or left or whatever and the town wants her land and whoa she's a witch okay i saw her making poppets and doing that and let's you know condemn her easy to do for yeah nefarious purposes yep burn her we got her land it's all good yeah yeah and then there's the demons and it seems like everyone that we've met has either been gay or lesbian <laughs> <laughs> Not that we've met a lot. No, no. Well, like I was saying earlier, I mean, there was Nathaniel and Sophie, so not so much with them. Okay, (laughs) I'm sorry. I keep forgetting Nathaniel's a demon and he's normal. Yeah, well, normal. But then there's Sophie who's actually some hybrid. Who knows what? She's She's a demon of witch parent, so what does that make her? Right. A changeling? A fae? Makes her a fae. That's that's my new theory and I'm sticking to it. (laughs) Somewhere in between. But I mean, she demonstrated, well, like Agatha, Agatha had a lot of traits that Sophie demonstrated, you know, the ability to be a seer and uh-huh. and stuff. So it's hard to say we didn't really see a lot of gender roles. And I'm not sure there's gender ro- norms within the demon community. Um, I just didn't see it demonstrated in this series at all. So are we just going to go ahead and say it? We think Agatha and Sarah wound up together at the end? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that was pretty clear. I'm, I'm going to own that assumption. Yeah. I, I thought so, too. It was my immediate thought. I was like, oh, yeah, they're together. Hope she's, you know, because of the way that it was brought apart. Oh, she looks so happy. Do you know? So <laughs> you never say that unless somebody's yeah. like just hooked up with somebody and found somebody new. So I don't know. It could be just a close friendship. You never know. But my assumption is they wind, wound up together. You're writing your, their, their happy ending. Yeah. Like my friend's, my friend's great aunt and his roommate, her roommate. Quote unquote roommate. <laughs> some years. Yes. Barb, her roommate Barb. <laughs> aunt Kate and her roommate Barb. God, we were gullible as kids i but did your parents or did any of the adults lead you to believe otherwise i mean think about the times we grew up in so we're talking like seven 80s 80s, right i'm talking about the 80s i mean i'm talking about in high school and college really and you had no and you had no suspicions at that time oh we had all kinds of suspicions (laughs) but they were just playing playing the old 1960s game i mean for god's sake this is the aunt of my best friend who's out and gay right and we've got aunt kate and her her roommate barb it was just absurd that is hilarious to me because we grew up in the age of george michael and boy george are you kidding me come on you can't hide that stuff from people like us (laughs) you know we were all about it we were fine they tried though it was cute 
old <laughs> habits die hard. Yes, yes, they did try. Um, I, I, I picture demon gender roles. I mean, I la- just blurred and blended because you know, if when you have creative madness genius types, it's you know, there's not art. Art isn't for men or women. It's for both. Music isn't for art or women. It's for both. Yes. Uh, being brilliant at economics isn't men or women. It's both. So it's I both. don't know. It's either yeah. or. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I can't uh, picture a stereotype. Yeah. I mean, the closest traditional family we saw was Sophie and Nathaniel. So, and he was the tech guru and she made pottery. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty traditional gender role set up there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just looking at it on the surface, you know, I never got to sit in their living room and see how things really work. So, you know, that's just yeah. my assumption. I just keep wondering what a proper vampire wife is since we never saw one. Right. And it's mentioned a couple I mean, times. That's the thing on this on this whole topic. This is the one thing that keeps me up at night. What a proper vampire what, what wife the hell looks is like. A proper vampire wife. Right. And what are you what are you referring to? Just. Is it Varian? Is it Isabel? Is it? I mean, for our listeners, where where is it mentioned, or what part are you specifically talking to? Oh, it's it, it's it's actually a term that Varian used in the like chapter four of the Book of Life when she was telling Diana that she shouldn't just barge into a meeting she's not invited to because that's not what a proper vampire wife would do. Oh, got, and it. Then got it. She and Di- when Diana and, and then Diana and. Ernst had a back and forth. Right. And then it was also mentioned in Shadow of Night, Chapter 5, when Hancock and Galloglass finally, uh, they realized that Diana and Matthew are indeed mated and married. And Hancock made the mm-hmm. made the comment that, oh, you know, finally Matthew's married, but could he find a nice, nice human or a, you know, a vampire wife who knew how to, you know, behave herself? No, he finds this witch, of course, you know. Um, right. <laughs> well, but in that case, I almost thought, I almost took it more as a commentary on, you know, Matthew never does anything the easy way. Right. Right. It's like, okay, you know, let's go out and get married to a ball full of trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Which then they started talking, isn't it also when they all started talking about the covenant and he shouldn't be with a witch and da 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 and all the trouble, all the trouble he's going to invite. Right. And it's found out that he's actually in the congregation at that point. Right. Yeah. Yes. And Andy's Catholic in a Protestant country. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Like I said, ball o' trouble. All right. And I definitely see it that way. I didn't necessarily see it as a gender role thing, but it was also, it was mentioned, a proper vampire wife. Yeah. So I don't know what that looks like. I wish I knew. Yeah. I, I, I just, maybe we need to ask Deb. <laughs> Write that down. We'll ask her. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I don't know. uh, This topic is bringing up more questions than answers. We'll start asking them. To tell you the honest to God truth. Well, ask them. That's how much we're craving new information, new book. I mean, because a lot... Yeah. A lot of vampire law is, and that's not even having anything to do with gender roles. Just vampire law in general is mentioned a lot throughout the trilogy. Um, Right. Oh, yeah. Right. So... Okay, so I'm curious about this. Remember when Isabeau was, um, you know, taking Diana out 
for with the horses. This is after Matthew had left to go back to Oxford. This is in uh, a discovery of witches. And um, mm-hmm. Isabel is saying that, you know, we must obey Matthew. And Diana's like, well, why? Because he's the alpha. And I'm wondering if the female, if a female was the strongest vampire in the house, would she be the alpha? I'm wondering if that's a thing. Do you know what I mean? Or did it have to be the alpha male? Hmm. Should probably look that passage up and catch it in context. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. So Isabel or uh, Diana goes, why must I do what Matthew says? Because he is the strongest vampire in the chateau. He is the head of the house. Um, okay. So she says, are you saying I have to listen to him because he's the alpha dog? Now, if that, the alpha dog were a female, would she be the one in vampire lore or how vampires run their house? Do you know what I mean? It yeah. wasn't specified here. Yeah. Yeah. And then Isabel comes back. Do you think you are? So that kind of leaves it up in the air. I I always assumed it was male, but according to this, it doesn't have to be male, right? Right, right. Well, and it's interesting that Isabel is giving Diana that advice, but then when you go to Shadow of Night, Philippe gives her different advice and gives her heck of a lot of tests, really tough tests. Um, so I don't know, but it's a good, it, I guess that's a good take team. She gives the advice and uh, fully put her through some mental anguish and some uh, physical tests just to see what would happen to make sure she was strong enough. So I don't know. Could right. Be. Running the household and yeah. then yeah, seeing what she can put up with. And yeah, he, he ran her through the ringer, see if she's she was willing to be the female that ran the house or, you know, put her in different roles. So yeah. Yeah. It kind of makes me look at it different now that I look at that passage. It's like, hmm, does it have to be male? Not sure. So, but then you throw in proper vampire wife and I'm like, I don't know what that looks like, really. Right. It, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's a myth. <laughs> they, they, say, <laughs> they say it a lot, but I mean, we haven't seen one. That's true. That's true. Right. Like, uh, you know, in the 50s, all these docile housewives, you know, they were all popping pills and smoking and... <laughs> <laughs> Very Valley of the Dolls. Yeah, what about a vampire Valley of the Dolls? <laughs> so, I mean, it might all be a myth. It might be someone's ideal of how it runs, but how it actually runs might be something totally different, you right, know? Right, And, of course, the men could all just be confused anyways because, you know, they're throwing around this whole film. What, what they think is a proper vampire wife and what's go, going on are two totally different things. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And despite the times in history, you know, the, the stereotypes you had way back when, um, as a vampire, you're just trying to have longevity. So I, I don't know. I mean, that plays into it too, where you, you kind of bust the roles because you just want to survive. You're just doing whatever you have to. Well, and if you think about it, a lot of the identities that we've uncovered for various vampires like Miriam and, and whatnot all seem to be uh, mavericks for their time. Right. Right. I mean, Mel- Melisande and... and uh, Lubana, the mathematician, mm-hmm. and, hmm. you know, right. folks like that. So, I don't know. I'm just going to stand by my thing that gender role is just a myth. It's just yeah. something people tell yes. themselves to kind of uh, soothe their soul. <laughs> this is like, the, it's like the, 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 stories, the stories humans tell themselves because they don't want to explain vampires and creatures. Right. Right. Proper, proper vampire wives are myths that male vampires tell themselves so they can sleep at night. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I, th- I think that's our conclusion, right. folks. <laughs> well, yeah, let Matthew wrap it up that way. There is no normal. It's just a fable humans tell themselves. Yeah. Right. I mean, kid, out of the three of us, I don't think any of us fall into that normal, quote unquote, gender no. role. Nah. And so not to mention, how can you have, how can you have conventional when you have what essentially amounts to immortality? Yeah, right. no. Your role would have to change over time, depending on yes. depending on whose life you jumped into, you know. Yeah, and but you can't you can't shed your prior experiences, and they always inform your future experiences. But your future experiences are also dictated by the situation you find yourself in. So, yeah, there's no such thing as conventional with a vampire. <laughs> yeah, I would expand that to say, or with humans either. I don't know, it might be a stretch, but I've yet to. You know, see people in conventional gender roles, especially nowadays. They might exist. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe by you more than anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't see it here, but <laughs> <laughs> not so much. Oh, well, yeah. So we're going to conclude this topic, right? Right here is a good place, I think. I think. Yes. And uh, we'll go for last thoughts and things we can't let go of after this. All right, everybody, listen to us wherever it is you like to listen to your art, your podcast shows. iTunes users, we'd love it if you leave us a five-star rating plus a review. Contact us on social media. We are Demons Domain and Demons Discuss. You can email us directly, demonsdomain at gmail.com. And you can leave us a voicemail. That number is 360-519-7836. Again, 360-519-7836. Leave us a voicemail and you'll wind up on this show. I'll edit it so you sound good. No worries. Also, become a discusser by visiting our podcast page. That is demonsdiscuss.com. You can scroll down, fill out the little short form, and add your name, email address, click submit, fill out the short code, submit that, and then we'll add you to our discusser list. Just as easy as that. Um, You'll get our emails once or twice a month, and we'll ask you a question, and your answers will wind up on the show. And we love our discussers. You're great. It's a growing community. We'd love it if you join. Don't forget to visit our home base, and that is demonsdomain.com. Again, www.demonsdomain.com. Everything we're doing will be listed on that website. All of our social media, our podcasts, all of our posts, and you'll find all of our episodes there. So we'll see you on the internet. So, do, what are our last? Yeah. Thoughts? So, what are your last thoughts, Miss Jean? Do you have last thoughts on well, this subject, or things you can't let go of for anything? Things I can't let go of. Oh, aside from the fact that Justin Trudeau and I share share a Myers Briggs personality category. <laughs> I saw that. Congratulations. <laughs> that, I don't. I don't know that I, I win the internet. <laughs> I don't know that that category is big and enough. His hair. The category is not big enough for Jean, Justin, his hair, and Philippe. Yes. Go you. Well done. (laughs) Oh, uh, I guess the other thing I can't let go of, I guess, has been coming up a lot lately is trying to... uh, Lilith came up in one of the other fan forums, and I've been thinking about her now a lot, and I don't know that she necessarily plays so so much a role in this particular story, but... The fact that there's so many references that tie to her just have me thinking a lot between the Song of Songs that is all over the Aurora Consurgis and the mentions of the pre-Raphaelites. Right. uh, I don't just, you know. Were you thinking in terms of uh, 
you know, the fact that she's writing about Marcus right now? Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, and I'm still wondering how John Polidori and all all the stuff about Rossetti that she's already kind of the seeds that she was planting and discovery of witches, just how that all is going to pan out. Now there I could go. And just why is, and just why is Marcus so fascinated with Lilith and, and that whole mythology because it's, it's, it's from the Talmud, and it's, it's Jew, more Jewish folklore, and he's a good Scotch Presbyterian. Hmm. I don't know. Remember what we were si- saying just, about Raphael, pre-Raphaelite? I don't know. Yes. Oh, well, I thought Deb brought up Raphael with Marcus because the whole, he's a patron, he was the uh, patron of uh, medicine. I don't remember her bringing that up. Maybe, but I could have been someplace where I wasn't. I, um, yeah, I do remember the Raphael was brought up as one of his, when the discussion was about Archangel names, I think. Oh, I see. I might not have been a part of that. No, except, <laughs> except for the fact that, that name, except for the fact that that naming convention is not necessarily followed. It's, it's an unconventional convention. No, it's like more like for Matthew and his kids. It seems like, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Raphael means healer, so it would definitely go, go with him. But it does make sense. But I just find it curious that if he would be linked with that name and also pre-Raphaelite. Where, and all that gang, which has nothing to do with Raphael, but I mean his love of redheads. His love of redheads, yeah. I don't know Lilith though. I I I don't know. I can't get into her in this book in the series, and I sure didn't like her in True Blood. So uh. <laughs> yeah, she was a hot mess in True Blood. It's like oh, <laughs> she caused nothing but trouble. All right, so Angela, do you have oh, last yeah. thoughts or things you can't let go of? I do. Well, I had thought of a last thought uh, while you were talking about gender roles and uh, vampires and. I've never gotten over the fact that Pierre was not in the Book of Life, that we just don't know what happened to him. He was my, one of my favorites in Shadow of Night. He was like true blue, you know, Milord, and he was there. Um, mm-hmm. So I can't let go of the fact that he's not around anymore. Him or Francois. Yeah. Both of them, they kind of just fell off the face of the earth. She was <laughs> she was a little clucker, though. Pierre, I had yeah. a soft spot for. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I like cluckers. I don't know. <laughs> And, and for listeners, you have to know some of my terminology. My yeah, <laughs> cluck, if you know what a clucker or a pie face is, <laughs> I speak my I speak my own language. Maybe it's I was thinking of that last night. That's another last thought: is well, the demons sometimes have their own triplet language, just how twins have a language. Sometimes we have a language ourselves. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Um. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, okay, so last thoughts. I am glad we brought up Matthew being used as a weapon in this one because in the Blood Rage episode, we mentioned it and we talked we about it, talked about it, but we forgot that, you know, oh my God, yeah, Philippe used Matthew as a weapon because Jean's argument was, well, why wouldn't you uh, curate that? Why wouldn't you hone that and have vampires with Blood Rage so you can use them as weapons? And we totally it went right over our heads, you know, that, yeah, Philippe yeah. used Matthew as an assassin because of his specific blood rage and his anger and, you know, all of that. He utilized him to the best of the ability. I mean, but they also taught him how to control it, too. So, yeah, and I mean, they were honing a weapon. So I'm glad we brought that up. So that's my last thought. And things we can't like things I can't let go of. Um, I want to bring up the fact that we use the word mothership in our Twitter description and our Instagram description. 
description, right? Yes. What what that actually means. Yes. Um, mothership. We're not saying we're the end all be all, you know, demons domain is the end all be all. Mothership is actually a term that we use. Demons domain is what houses our other endeavors. So demons domain is the mothership. And under that would be Armitage for Claremont. And under that would be Demons Discussed. So that's what we mean when we say mothership. And it comes from a term that I use because I'm a tech gadget freak. And you can ask these two. If Apple made it, I have it. Except for, <laughs> <laughs> except for Apple TV. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> except for Apple TV. I have my main computer where I do all of our, you know, graphics, all of our web design design work, all of our editing for this podcast, that is the mothership. It knows all, it sees all. But, you know, I can go in the other room and grab my iPad. That's one of the pods that falls under the mothership. Or my phone, that's one of the pods that falls under the mothership. Or my laptop, that's one of the pods. She rules all. She's got all the information and they just talk to her. (laughs) And that's all I have to say about that. It's a much sexier term than parent company. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. So true. I even sign my... Shell company. When I write emails from my personal email from that computer, it always says sent from the mothership. That's what it means. So you know <laughs> yes. you know where I'm at when you're getting a personal email from me sent from my iPad or sent from my no sent from the mothership that means I'm sitting at my desk doing things which is a big deal making things happen that's all I got to say Wait, I have I, I have to add that you stressed your first mothership out so badly she had to retire. <laughs> yes, yes, so true. Because I bought her prior. Well, we didn't know what this was going to turn out to, and I bought her, and I'd start running the video programs, and I'd start running different things. She's crashed once, and I had to replace the hard drive, and she'd slow down, and I'm like, oh my god. So finally, for my birthday a couple of years ago, Robert's like, okay, let's mm-hmm. just get you the big one. And I'm taking your old one because yeah. all I do is fantasy football. So yes, my first mothership, she couldn't handle it. This mothership, she can definitely handle it. <laughs> <laughs> Two website, three platforms later. Yeah. Yeah. Still going. Pretty much. Still going. And I guess that's it, huh? I guess we yeah. can say goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got no song for that. Maybe like a Barney song or I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you sounded like a little kid. Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Peace out. Goodbye. Demon kiss, please. Demon kiss. Mwah. Have a good Bye. one. Be kind. Be kind, everybody. Be good. Or at least try. <laughs> Bye, audience. <laughs>